0: Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Expanding Horizons, where two anime nerds attempt to watch everything under the sun for no other reason than they have no lives. Uh, As always, I'm your host, LB, and joining me is my cohort, CT. Hello. Hello. Uh, this month we have quite a bit to discuss so CT has spent the last few weeks working through the 2006 action, shir- action series, excuse me, Black Lagoon, while I spent my time back in high school <laughs> with characters from the 2004 rom-com School Rumble. Uh, as always, please keep in mind that we're going to be discussing these series in detail, so there will be spoilers thrown around if you haven't si- seen either of these series, you've been warned. Also, just a little bit of housekeeping to take care of before we get into our discussion. You'll notice that this episode isn't being posted to YouTube, where would be, which is its normal place. It's because YouTube has disabled live hangouts. So instead, we're recording this somewhere else and uploading it straight to Patreon. Consider the YouTube episode warm-ups, and this is going to be, like, the new canon. So, alright, getting right into things, we're going to discuss Black Lagoon first. So, CT, for those who haven't seen us, tell us, what is this series about?
1: Uh, the series is a very slow-paced... Uh, Iyashike, uh, or or possibly the opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> we we join our audience uh, intro character uh, Rokudo Okajima on a business trip on a ship where he is being uh, uh, taken. O- where the ship is being taken over by pirates, and he is taken well prisoner essentially and we are introduced to the crew of a torpedo boat called the black lagoon uh essentially he gets introduced to the underworld a uh uh, based around a a fictional city called ranapur but obviously well into the uh Uh, what is it, Southeast Asia, Seas, Thailand, uh, and and that manner of stuff. Uh, His first encounters essentially bring him to a position where he ends up abandoning his old life in Japan as just a company stooge, and deciding to cast his lot in with these mercenaries slash transporters slash occasional murderers for hire slash uh, general company of badasses Uh, if we want to get into the other characters the main crew of the Black Lagoon the most iconic and recognizable is of course Revy uh, who is a Dual. Uh, oh man, I forget what her guns usually are. She has a uh, a, a pair of uh, ones that she much prefers to use.
0: I believe they're cutlasses.
1: Yes. Uh, well, uh, you know, you, <laughs> it's hard to think of that because that is, of course, a sword. But yeah. uh, I, I'm not a uh, a big uh, gun otaku, as it were. Just just an otaku otaku. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At any rate, her her level of uh, skill with these weapons has earned her the nickname Two Hands, uh, and uh, she's the the muscle aboard the, the crew, essentially, because she can single-handedly jump from boat to boat with a certain manner of uh, uh, armaments and kill literally everyone in her path, so uh the <laughs> the other members of the crew are of course uh, Dutch who is the uh, leader of them. Uh, so he has a longer history in the area. He was uh, an old uh, what is it uh, uh, like a, a PT boat pilot in Vietnam. And as much as I don't think we get a whole lot of his history, it seems like, you know, whatever he got through in the war, he ended up d- vacating normal life and uh, uh, essentially living out there, making making his way. So his crew that he has uh, pulled together is uh, Revy the Muscle and Benny, who is their tech guy. So Dutch ends up most of the time piloting the Black Lagoon, their torpedo boat, deciding what jobs to pull in. Uh, Benny ends up, you know, being their information uh, guy and their technical expertise one, communications. Revy is their murder for hire. Mm -hmm. And it's not entirely sure why uh, Rokujo, who adopts the nickname Rock once he joins the crew... Really, would fit in with them, or would be brought in in some way they after they pirate him, <laughs> as it were, they they keep him around for the duration of their job that they're in the middle of, and they don't let him get you know shot up. They give him a place to to get out on. It's not entirely clear from the beginning, and it doesn't become clear until much later in the series what they might actually see in his presence among them, other than being a kind of a, a more congenial face uh, to work with with other people. Uh, definitely not an imposing character, not a threatening character. Uh, he's intelligent, and he will come into his own bit by bit, but for for the most part, you know, while we're being dragged into the story as part of Rock's thing, it's you, de- you never really get a feeling other than they adopted a puppy for why uh, Rock is particularly kept around. Uh, which, which is one of those conceits you just have to, obviously, let go because that's the way that the author is letting us into the, his world and therefore you you have to be Fine with being okay. Fine, <laughs> random Japanese uh, middle manager now is uh, doing black market stuff the whole time. It'll it'll be a hoot. So, all
0: right, uh This is a series that I've seen many times in the past. My wife and I enjoy putting this on whenever we need some kind of good action series that we're in the mood for. Um, but. So I know how I feel about this one, but I'm curious what your impressions were, because I was actually really surprised that you had not checked this series out until now.
1: Well, that, in fact, has a weird little story. Uh, And part of it, I think, is... Is, is tied with my friends, my uh, artist friend, and and another one who I go to cons with, especially Otacon. Oh, sorry. Um, essentially, there was a particular rather skeevy otaku guy who would, every convention, every time he saw my friend, he would inquire as to whether or not she had any fan art of Revy. So... <laughs> so the series and Revy in particular just became tainted by overly enthusiastic, overly sweaty, overly skeevy uh, fanboy. So th- there was a, a sort of general, uh, uh, you know, reticence to pick up the series. And they're the folks that I would oftentimes watch a lot of stuff with, like, uh, you know, we'd, we'd watch Helsing and Helsing Ultimate, and if you're a fan of those, I'm pretty sure you're going to be a fan of Black Lagoon. Uh, <laughs> pl- plenty of other series like it, but we'd just skirted around the edges. And, you know, after a while, it's an old series. Once you get hooked on the uh, uh, the seasonal grind, it's, it's hard to bring yourself to Hold go on. back.
0: And we are back. We had a little bit of a technical hiccup there. So if you are listening to this and it sounds a little weird around the end of CT's talk about Helsing Ultimate, then that would be the reason why. But we're going to pick right back up from that point. So you were saying uh, about you were skirting Black Lagoon, but you never actually watched it.
1: Uh, yeah, the uh, the, uh, like I said, it, it really just had to do with a, uh, particular con goer who kind of skeeved us out on Revy specifically because he was, uh, very much horn dogging uh, f- for her in particular. So even though... You know the the same friends who I would watch things like Helsing Ultimate with, who I'm sure would get a blast out of Black Lagoon. We ended up just giving it wider berth because there is an unpleasant association, and then over time you just lose track. Uh, it it hits your pile of shame. Uh, you get caught up in the seasonal crush, which you can never keep up with to begin with, and then you uh, have to make a podcast to catch up on all of these shows, which you didn't take in at the time, so. Uh, but from other comments about it, I presume you're at least getting the indication that I very much did enjoy the ride here. There's there's not a whole lot to dislike if you're fine with the, uh, the kind of action and the kind of uh, dark... Storytelling that uh, a series like Black Lagoon is is gonna dip into, even though there's still a, a very you know comedic side to a lot of it and and a whole lot of anime goofiness uh, through characters like Sawyer and Shenhua. But uh, e- even so, there's there's a bit too. <laughs> Too much death and occasional chopping people apart with a chainsaw for it to be a lighthearted light-hearted romp. It this this ain't your uh, uh, Bungo stray dogs kind of uh, action.
0: Right on. So yeah, I mean, uh, we talked a little bit about it over the last few weeks as we were watching through our series, and I did get the impression that you were enjoying it, which I was really glad about. I was really hoping that you would like this one. Uh, But yeah, I mean, so did you have any particular favorites, favorite characters, favorite story arcs? Uh, Well,
1: I think Probably the arc that became the most interesting, of course, it fed on the other ones, was when they were back out in Japan and you had, uh, you know, Yin and Yukio. As much as the whole Hotel Russia and Balalaika, and okay, let's work with these guys. Wait, no, let's betray them and murder everyone instead. Wait, no, let's murder all these people instead. I wasn't terribly concerned with the actions there, but you got to see uh, a better story of, you know, innocence lost, as it were, from from Yukio being drawn in further and further, Rock's actions trying to keep her out of it. Uh, And it was certainly refreshing to go in that direction after what almost made me drop it at least for a while which was uh, I I just hated the beginning of uh, uh, of uh, second barrage so I don't I don't know what your opinion on the uh, the the vampire twins is but man <laughs> we, we can talk about that for a bit but uh let me real quick bring up something I don't like... This habit of calling something which skipped one core a season two to a season one—you're not. You didn't. You didn't spend enough time separating it. It's rather frustrating to be like Black Lagoon season two. D- didn't you just skip three months and then play the rest of it? I hate that. Hate it so much. No, I. Hate that. Old Noah Zero does not have season one and season two. It's just one season with a. Pause. You paused it. Yeah,
0: I hear you. I feel your pain there.
1: (laughs) I don't mind if they, uh, uh, you know, play around with things like call it the second barrage, but it's officially season two, and I'm like, "Ah." at any rate, you know, there's plenty of anime ridiculous that you can enjoy, even though you know, the level of overboard insanity from Roberta coming in uh, and all of these encounters where you have a person who's like standing without drawing their weapon or having any cover in the middle of, I don't know, 10 people pointing guns at this person. And yet they can then take their actions to blow away all of the uh, cannon fodder. I understand main characters versus chaff. They're going to die. Uh, And I understand the levels of ridiculous that you're going to do uh, uh, in this kind of a show. But when you bring in, so basically Roberta is good anime ridiculous and other situations like uh, uh, Revy and Mr. Chang, you know, when they're all getting hunted down by the end, uh, mowing through people. But when, you have the entirety of Hotel Moscow treating two children, literal children, one of whom is carrying around uh, a a gun that's got to be twice as heavy as she is. Well, he, she is. They they switch parts. Uh, (laughs) And another one who's, again, there's this proclivity for having melee users able to... uh, dodge one million shots going at them. Uh, <laughs> so you get that a lot. You get that from Shenhua. You get that from Gin. You get that uh, uh, from things. But uh, there was, I just, ha- I, I couldn't follow them into basically having two eight-year-olds annihilating half of the city and having a, Hotel Moscow, not not create a trap where they just, you know, fire off some claymores and blow them up, but this complex leading them through a uh, maze of buildings to get to this place so they can uh, get them into a perfect trap of some sort, and then that's where, that's where they'll stop. I'm like, uh... <laughs> so... It was drawn out so much, I'm like, okay, fine, maybe if you throw him in an episode and leave. But it, it was drawn out a lot, and then it was trying to leave it as if this wasn't just wholly <laughs> stupid, but I, I'm supposed to feel for, for Gretel at the end, uh, as opposed to, you know, everyone is psychotic and murderous around here, and uh, th- these two... Ah... <sighs> <sighs> If it was four episodes, I don't mm-hmm. think I could have uh, dealt with it. But uh, I enjoyed season one enough. Oh, man, I'm doing it now, too. I enjoyed the first 12 episodes enough that I was willing <laughs> to go through those for the rest. And thankfully, they don't descend back into it. You, you still have the same ridiculous. You just have it from, well, occasionally a uh, goth lolly corpse carver and occasionally a ridiculous
0: It seems otaku. like with Black Lagoon.
1: What was his name? Loton the Wizard?
0: <laughs> uh, it seems like with Black Lagoon, though, everyone that I've shown this series to really likes it, but they all have one story arc that just stands out as something that they dislike. Uh, for one friend of mine that I showed this to, it was the Nazi arc early on. He just did not like that arc. He ended up watching the whole thing later, but he, he was not interested in that one for my wife. Right. It's actually the Yukio arc that ends the TV series. She doesn't like that one. Uh, I've grown rather accustomed to all of the arcs. So I'm like, I can't remember if there was an arc when I first watched it that I really didn't like. Um, but you know, so I think maybe, maybe possibly, uh, Roberta's, uh, Roberta's Blood Trail is good, but a little long for me. But speaking of, that's my nice little segue. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, what did you think of Roberta's Blood Trail? Mm-hmm. I know you watched that as well. So what did you? Th- Yes, yes.
1: You mean season 3? <laughs> See that that you could technically. I'm not a fan of giving, you know, like 2 to 6 episode OVAs a season moniker either. But uh, eh what can you do? Um <laughs> again R- Roberta uh operates on Exceptional levels of uh, anime insanity, and so there there's always some crossing over into the frustrating part of uh, when they're when they're doing this kind of action, uh, and it happens with Fabiola as well when when you originally get the other maid their encounter in the uh, in the bar. Uh, which will, of course, explode in, in moments. But, but you get that again, and she's like, oh. uh, it's revealed later that she really hasn't even gotten into combat with people, but she's just dead-ass standing in the middle of a bunch of uh, uh, people about to go guns blazing with all of them, lets every single one of them have the drop. <laughs> At least she jumps around like a... a freak and a half, and uh, her capoeira puts her in motion that I can see dodge's fire. But when you had Revy against Gin, and occasionally Revy against uh, Roberta, and other people, I'm like, these people with dead aim, when it's against another PC, even though all they're doing is running in a straight line, at the exact same speed, miss each other constantly. Keep shooting right at their feet. I'm like, damn it. I wish points of plot didn't have to make it so that suddenly their aim became uh, crappy when they're facing off against each other as opposed to, you know, nailing people off rooftops at 50 meters with a handgun. So uh, anyway, that went off a bit. So there's the amount of ridiculousness for Roberta in general, and I kind of don't like the whole Lovelace family shtick. Uh, but I rather enjoyed I mean her plumbing her levels of insanity but more to the point that's where I enjoyed seeing uh, Rock get affected to the point. Because we've we've seen Balalaika and Revi and Roberta and all other people who are just scary as fuck all the time uh and you can see what puts them in this uh area but you've had a lot of things including the last arc of the tv show with with rock and you know you're living in the twilight why aren't you choosing to leave this life uh, so at least the the thing I can appreciate most from Roberta's blood trail was by the end, seeing a kind of psychosis from Rock that makes you think, okay, I can see why he wants to be down in the darkness with the rest of them at that point. He, he's got a different thing going on, and he still prides himself on being able to save Roberta through all of this, uh, uh, and also, you know, take things out on, uh, on Mr. Chang. He, he enjoys the process of being able to read the situation and in the end manipulate hotel Moscow and the triad and the friggin' U S army and the CIA. Cause, uh, what is it we get? We get to have a lot of fun with Ada but then we, we know that uh, she's CIA and he seems to be revealing that to her as well and uh, as the force behind uh, behind the, the triad out there. So there's a lot to like about it but the main thing to dislike about it is it feels like that was supposed to lead to another regular series, at least another core. And of course that's as far as I know, that's been it. So uh
0: Yeah. Well You're I mean, you're
1: dead in the water.
0: Yeah.
1: I know the, yeah, manga, the, of the manga itself has gone on hiatus and wind progressed wind breaks, slowly. But
0: it is I'm coming not... back, so that's good news. Plus Sawyer is getting her own spin off series. So yeah, I know. So yeah, it's I'm hoping that this leads to more anime
1: being made at some
0: point.
1: Uh, No, (laughs) no, no. That's part of the amusing bit, the, the cartoonish parts of Black Lagoon that, you know, you can still take... Uh, uh, you can still have fun with. So uh, Shenhua in general, of course, I loved her introduction, even though it's the ludicrousness of, oh, I prefer to use throwing darts and and these blades where everyone and their mother is armed to the teeth with uh, machine guns, uh, but just, you know, hack through a, a, a squad or two on her own. Uh, But then, at the end of the show, when everyone is still, you know, going after uh, the Black Lagoon crew, you have her and Sawyer, uh, uh, you know, being kind of the big bads, uh, going after them when they're uh, collapsing the uh, uh, what is it the uh, their their home base at the time. And then you're you're thinking at the end that, OK, well, maybe Shenhua is actually dead because she seemed to be uh, taken down rather brutally. Uh, and same thing with Sawyer. You're like, well, you know, she was just the whole place was collapsing and she was sitting there. Uh, Lot the wizard, got, you know, pegged by uh, Revy on the way down as well. And you're like, OK, maybe maybe they're actually going to be lethal with these random side characters. But then at the end, they just all sort of get up, crawl away, beat to, to crap, shot to crap. And in <laughs> Roberta's blood trail, they get hired again. But the first thing is you your first reintroduction to them is they're all just like living with each other in an apartment. Uh, Sawyer and Lawton are playing a video game on the couch. <laughs> and Shedwa's answering the phone. And I cracked up at that. I'm like, I approve of them being, you know, three's company uh, in the middle <laughs> of all of the other uh, insanity going on there. and they, they just, like, created their tiny family unit. Yeah. Uh, and then you can just, just hire them all to go out, you know, minutes, murdering way, U.S. forces. So that's fun. Something that I said earlier when I said that
0: Roberta's Blood Trail was probably my least favorite arc. I take that back, Greenback Jane. E. That is the arc that I, oh, I can't stand her.
1: Ah. Uh, <laughs> I love Jane. She was adorable. I I loved her in part because she was just, you know, she was another fish out of water rather than being, you know, this crazy ass murdering blood face. She was, you know, brought into the situation, trying to get out of it. You you get a little bit of uh, romance, actually, for, for a series with so much... Uh, violence and uh, showing prostitutes on the street corners. There's there's a few boobs, but there's very little in the way of uh, you know sex going on out here. And you actually got a. Uh, a lo- a lovely uh, shared passionate kiss between uh, I will Jane agree and, and that Benny. That was a and, nice uh, moment. Benny needs Benny uh, is uh, all the love lovey. One can of get. my
0: favorite characters so. in the show. I just love his sarcastic attitude. Uh, so that was really nice. But Jane, on the other hand, yeah, I could take her leave her.
1: well she she goes very quickly, so it's not like you're trapped with her for uh more than what was it two episodes and in the meanwhile that's where uh right that, <laughs> that's where they're they're ending with everyone I, I love how all of the mercenaries are just kind of every once in a while if you pay us enough, we'll try to kill each other and then if we don't happen to succeed at killing each other we're cool again until someone pays me a little bit more to try to kill you later. (laughs) And and in part I enjoyed it if nothing else, because it was what got me away from the vampire twins. So anything that stopped being a Hansel and Gretel at that point was, uh, was an improvement. (laughs) But you got a lot of Ada as well. So, Ada's pretty great.
0: Or you have you basically been, you so you would yeah. Sure. I
1: I just I just said before that Roberta the most annoying thing about Roberta's blood trail was it felt like it was supposed to lead into something that we haven't gotten. So I, I want the what we haven't gotten. Now, did they announce anything about a, an anime, or was uh, it just so far, uh, that you know the author was going back and more writing more chapters, chapters of the manga? Nothing new on the anime front. Okay. Do you know how much ahead uh, the manga is, no, and whether or not the anime was doing stuff that the have manga and didn't have? And they... Obviously, Tell I haven't read it. That, I...
0: Yeah, there's a few arcs that haven't been animated yet, but I don't know any details.
1: Well, it's, it's like, is there enough that you're like, okay, once they finish this arc, you could throw out another core and cover these three arcs that haven't been covered or throw in two episodes of just random storyline that you feel like doing for the anime. Uh, Again, it's fairly easy to throw other stuff there. There are obviously character connections between goings on, but considering you're saying there's going to be a side story for Sawyer, (laughs) who, who is a fairly bit part, just an entertaining character design and shtick, uh, (laughs) but, but not really much of a character. So uh, yeah, you can slip sure in whatever you feel like to make something happen if, is, uh, if you want How wanted. much there is so. uh,
0: at the moment, I'd have to go and look up the manga and, you know, read the volumes, which I've been wanting to do for years. I just never have for whatever reason. There's so many series that I've watched that have endings where it's like, okay, I want more. But then I never go back and actually watch them or actually read them for whatever reason. Yeah, I believe Viz has it.
1: Uh, has that been uh, localized believe, by a U.S. publisher?
0: Yeah, you might. Be, someone might need to correct me on that. Uh, one. I believe it's a Viz title.
1: Viz, 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 Viz. Uh, yep, they have up to volume 10, it looks like. And I, I see volume 10 seems to be just after, uh, I'm guessing, I'm not sure how many volumes, but it looks (laughs) like it's just after, uh, uh, Roberta's Blood Crusade of Doom blood trail, because I see Faviola on, on, uh. Volume eight and uh, <laughs> Roberta in uh, non-maid mode. Why did she put her maid outfit back on? I know she was psychosis and all, but how many maid outfits was she carrying with her that she could take a, you know, like a shredded up maid outfit and then remove her badass skin tight, move around kill mode outfit and go into the jungle uh, upstream, and and then put the damn maid outfit back on. I'm like, you know what? Just <laughs> just keep kill mode going. Let's keep kill mode going. And she did. Killed a whole lot of people. <laughs> she punched a guy's skull off. That was entertaining. There are, there are occasional bits of brutal Ironically, violence that it, that it is pretty entertaining to... Is to from when
0: as Roberta is first introduced, and her and Rebby have a fist fight. Hmm.
1: Well, that's the end of the arc. But yes, they. Uh, yeah, the
0: they they do.
1: They uh, it's it like, well, we don't want history. you killing each other, so just beat the ass out of each other. <laughs> I enjoy that in part because it, it has three uh, great shots of uh, Revy, Roberta, and Balalaika. And uh, Benny is like, I think these are the three most terrifying women on Earth. And I'm like, yep. I took a lot of screenshots, so I, I can't really feed them to you during the, uh, during, during the recording, but I, I may have to make a channel okay, and just start posting... My uh, my way through my Did you uh, have Black any Lagoon experience. Final
0: points, thoughts, anything else that you wanted to bring up that it's I a haven't lot asked you about?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, for one, Funimation, because I know you are listening, fix your goddamn app. If I mm-hmm. download something don't make the subtitle coding suck if I'm offline. I don't know what it was, but it, uh, it didn't appear correctly. It had a lead coding error. It was pushed off into the black space rather than overlaid in large text on the screen. But occasionally I was watching in a, in a place where I didn't have an internet connection. So I wanted to keep, you know, (laughs) momentum going. So I, uh, I, ha- I had a real bad experience with a bunch of them work on your app uh, also I don't know I, I usually like talking about the uh, the voice acting generally and and specific voice actors I don't, I don't know how much you either either notice or care one of the things I found interesting. About the whole series, though, is considering how strong the female cast presence is. It the large majority of them are, you know, voice actresses from uh, as early as born in the '40s to uh, you know born in the '60s and '70s. They're they're all very much mature. And you can tell that from, you know, their their voices a lot of times. I don't, I don't think, uh, I'm trying to remember how much Revy was in her, her voice actress. Technically, she was uh, the boss in Plastic Memories, but uh, obviously didn't sound a whole, a whole Revy like. She's uh, in the original Full Metal Alchemist, she was Winry. Uh, she was a a part that makes a whole lot of sense in uh, in the uh, Blade of the Immortal uh, Hyakurin, which I, I could see fitting her her vocal tonalities. But Revi is very specifically her own, just slow, low, threatening cadence to everything that it, it's it's fairly weirdly delightful. But uh, you know. Balaika is, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a classic. Uh, what is it? Voice actress from way back in the day. She was Arale from Doctor Slump. She was a number of, uh, you know, lunch and Dragon Ball. Uh, uh, so it's interesting to get, you know, most of the things with a large female cast. You you end up getting a whole lot of. High pitched, high voiced, bright, cheery characters, and I think the closest you ever get in that is uh, Fabiola. I don't think she's been in much, but she's the closest you get to what you're used to getting from voice actresses. Whereas almost everyone else out there is uh, has a particular uh, quality to them that that speaks to. That that carries more force uh, of personality no, with him, I think. Uh, also, Benny, do you know his voice actor? One of my favorite voice actors, uh, Hiroaki Hirata, who uh, for for you, of course, uh, he is Klein from Sword Art oh. Online uh, and Tiger from Tiger and Bunny, but for me. That is Mr. Namba Muta himself. So uh, you don't get a whole lot of it. I recognize his voice pretty easily, but Benny is a bit less of uh, his, uh, you know, tonal quality from him. And interestingly, when I was looking at Dutch, I found out that he's done not a whole lot of uh, anime, uh, animation in general. He's done a whole lot more live action. Uh, in anime, that I think the most prominent part that I got from him was Inspector Lunge from Monster, which makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, but then, otherwise, he he does like the Japanese dubs for Harrison Ford and Mel Gibson and Bruce Willis,
0: yeah, well, George
1: Clooney that, and Hugh uh, Jackman as Wolverine, you, and, and, and I find very, that uh, I watch a lot. Weirdly, fitting.
0: Black Lagoon is one of those series that I actually prefer dubbed <laughs> because the characters besides rock most of the characters are not japanese they come from different countries around the world so i like hearing it in english i think it makes a little more sense for me like dutch and benny in particular just it doesn't seem quite right to listen to them in their original japanese so this is one of those ones that i prefer dubbed
1: i know i know I tried a bit of the dub, but you know, you know me and dubs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can see how because technically, most of the time they're supposed to be speaking English, and it it, it was actually really interesting. You you might want to go back to the uh, to the arc where they're in Japan, so with uh, Yukio, and see how they handle it because. Balalaika, uh, uh, what is it? Rock is functioning as a English to Japanese interpreter. And what you get is you get Balalaika speaking English, uh-huh. but in the way that a Japanese voice actor is speaking English phonetically rather than knows English. So you get these people who are speaking English, and then he's speaking what I've already read with the subtitle on the screen in Japanese. And the subtitle, of course, on the screen is, you know, Japanese is uh, (laughs) only then being actual Japanese. So in, in a scene where English appears, English is English, just English And Japanese is actually the language Japanese until two characters Mm -hmm. who you know can only talk to each other in English, talk to each other in Japanese. And you're like, well, that Japanese was the English common speech. (laughs) It's really weird. To uh, to keep in up with part, it. Now I don't know if the dub actually did it. Like when the dub scene, was like out there in Japan, in did they have the people speaking Japanese? Or restaurant or whatever it is. Or ba- ba- how Liga how were they doing is it? Is talking in
0: English and Rock is translating in the Japanese. They left the Japanese track in, I believe, uh, and had Rock speaking in Japanese. And then when they left there, they were back to speaking English.
1: Right. So that that would of course make a whole lot of sense and it, it's a lot easier. you're you're dubbing the English, so your English is going to sound better than the Japanese voice actress's English that you're using for that role. But uh, so they they left the Japanese in and subtitle it. But when you had other people like when they were speaking Russian, did they actually have anyone do throwing Russian in or throwing Thai or other stuff? because they they would occasionally have other languages as well that you would hear people doing. And when you're, when you're reading the subtitles on something, they can throw 50 languages. If they want out there, they, they were occasionally throwing something, you know, kind of Italian Romanian uh, out there, but it was just short phrases, but you'd occasionally get, you know, like the Italian or the, or the Spanish or the Romanian phrase. And they just subtitle it like they'd subtitle anything else because you still don't know what's being said, but if the meaning is supposed to be conveyed, you have your English subtitles but I assume when you have a dub team they're not going to go out yeah, of their way just to that into grab English authentic speakers of other languages provide, just uh, for uh, accents, you know, bit, some, either bit yeah, parts some, or other stuff some of them are good,
0: so they, some of them are not so good but
1: that's some some accent of yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it would be interesting. I, I think the reason that I soured on the dub was just after hearing... <sighs> I mean, it doesn't take much for me to sour on a dub, but I th- <laughs> think the reason that I wasn't willing to try it a little more was down to Revy's role, wherein the, just the, the sheer... Menace that I get out of uh, her voice actress in in Japanese, it didn't seem like it was being conveyed at all in the dub. So
0: okay, that makes sense.
1: I probably could have dealt with it for for some of the other stuff, but it's it's kind of important for me to feel the revy, as it were. Also, how weird was it to? I mean, you see her basically in like. Ass cheek revealing shorts the whole time, but but then in Japan she's in like, uh, you know, a skirt and leggings. (laughs) Like, how weird was that? (laughs) Oh, it it wasn't out of place. It's just, you know, Revy has a very specific archetype. That you're picturing in your brain, and having her wander around in just sort of casual winter clothes, uh, okay. and still being able to you know pull out her murder mode. It, Did it, you have
0: any other? Final
1: it was just very weird.
0: to bring up before we move along to school rumble. It
1: wasn't disliked. It was weird. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because this wouldn't. Uh, I mean, Madhouse, of course, did Black Lagoon, so generally speaking, the quality of Madhouse production tends to be pretty high. There were, of course, some real weird bits here and there, but that's (laughs) largely uh, anything. The director uh, I find hilarious. The director is Sinao Katabuchi, who I know from a couple other things recently... (laughs) <laughs> but uh, prior to Black Lagoon, he did uh, Princess Arate. After or or between seasons, uh, between like the Black Lagoon, the first two seasons, and uh, Roberta's Bloodbath, um, I'm just going to call it something different every time. He did, uh, you know, a heavy action flick, uh, My My Miracle. And then after finishing, as far as I can tell, after finishing everything up with Black Lagoon, he went off to start work on In This Corner of the World, and it baffles me. <laughs> it's baffling conceptually, but it's it's just impressive generally that you can have someone who's like taking the the design lead as well, the the direction lead of obviously a heavy action series and a heavy gory one. And then you can throw them in the middle of, you know, a, a very low key uh, uh, slice of life kind of thing, or a, a very meticulously uh, real design kind of thing The the work, you know, all of the historical work that went into In This Corner of the World, and that's a, a movie that I loved. And it, it's just really weird to uh, think of that coming out and being directed by the same guy. But it, it's rather impressive that you can basically have people who are very effective in one role and very mm-hmm. effective in another role. You know, I I can't picture Quentin Tarantino doing... You know, a, a Jane Austen flick, unless it's being turned into a literal yeah, bloodbath. I
0: mean, I get same
1: <laughs> but in anime, you get this a lot more often than you'd think. Who so uh, I found that pretty fascinating.
0: Also did Lala uh, and Two Love Roo. I always have that same knee-jerk reaction. So yeah, so I totally get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, there's. I think there's a better. When we shift to the other one, there's a, there's a particular voice actress who I think comes across uh, okay. that way in, in a role. So when when we start talking about uh, the the next series, uh, I'll bring it up at some point, or you can remind me too. But uh, before we move on, and you introduce. Uh, your series, I would like to ask the listeners said, to make sure they are I in a well-lit room a and are sitting ago, that uh, far enough away from the speakers. Me to do that. Hmm.
0: Yes, yes. So moving along, let's go ahead. Let's talk about School Rumble. So, <laughs> and, H- and
1: this one reminds I know, I you right in all sorts Rumble of ways. Was not my
0: first pick for this episode of the podcast. My original pick was the much more psychological Welcome to the NHK, but after a couple of episodes of that, I realized that it was hitting a little close to home, so I had to nope out. Uh, and went with my second choice, which was School Rumble. Uh, with that said, the story for School Rumble is actually fairly simple. It's There's not a whole lot of... of deep drama behind this one it's basically about two main characters a delinquent named Harima and a girl that he's in love with named Tenma who he is constantly pining over except for she's pining over another boy named Karasuma and a few of their friends are pining over other supporting characters and for 26 episodes they constantly go back and forth about these crushes that they have and nothing ever actually gets involved it gets resolved oh yeah pretty much that's yeah that's pretty much it right on the head so all right um my
1: overall so it's a psychological horror is what you're saying
0: i should also okay. add, say that this was not my first experience with School of Rumble. I actually started watching it for the first time back when it was first released on DVD. Uh, and so I remember not particularly loving or hating it. I just remember that I had watched some of it, I don't remember how far into it I got, but I knew that I wanted to get back into it someday, and so this is why I didn't actually mind it so much when it got suggested to me for a potential episode choice (laughs) so alright getting into the series itself uh, mm-hmm. let's get the good stuff out of the way first because I don't see, like burying this series before I've had a chance to expand on the good stuff in it Uh, the good stuff is you have to say right off the bat I love the music in this show Uh, the opening theme song is sung by Yui Hori which is fantastic every series should have a theme song sung by her because she always adds, I love listening to her music. Uh, she is also the lead singer on series Such as Sister Princess, which has an annoyingly catchy theme song, uh, and other, and other s- series. So yeah, so that right there was a bonus in its favor. Uh, and no matter what was going on in the series, I never skipped over the opening theme song. Yeah, the, the
1: ending theme <laughs> was good. good. It, it is I, a great like this and, and seemingly modern classic, classic sort of uh, uh, enjoyable really of I like the the E.D. as well. Was in, in the background, there was one scene where
0: Aerie and another girl, I can't remember her name, are talking in a restaurant. And in the background, there's a theme song by the band Unicorn Table playing. And I have to admit that that particular song has actually been on my iPod for over a decade, and I still listen to it.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, the, I remember. Yeah. So, yeah, the insert music in this and background music. is Hey,
1: occasionally videos. Harima gets uh, his own music video. Uh, so, so you know, yeah, they got... Uh... They got inserts always covered.
0: It's also worth <laughs> noting that this series starts off really strong. Uh, the characters, right off the bat, are pretty much really likable. Uh, I really liked the goofy antics and this kind of and the sappy storytelling that was going on. Uh, however, I ha- I have to say that about halfway through the first season, it started to become kind of a slog for me. Yeah, so about halfway through the first season, it started to become kind of a slog. And then by the time I got to episode 21, I was pretty actively bored, Sure, which was really disappointing for me because, like I said, it started off really strong. Um, but basically what happened for me, and this is my own personal experience, is that I About halfway through the first season, a memory came back to me. And this is actually from a convention that I attended a few years ago. Uh, And the panel that I was at was called uh, Anime That Scarred Me For Life. Yeah, so the panel in particular... Yeah, the anime the panel in particular was meant to be a panel for people to talk about stuff they've seen in anime which just <laughs> okay. them out to no end. Uh some people liked to just stand up in front of the mic and pretend like the panel was supposed to be about endings I don't like which is how I ended up hearing about the ending to this one, Uh, someone went up there and spent literally about five minutes just blasting the end of this series and going on about how it leads you on and on and on for (laughs) four cores and then resolves absolutely nothing in the end. So...
1: Well, as as far as I know, the author isn't actually even done with the uh, with the series, and it's like twenty three volumes. So, uh, I guess that's probably sounding like the way people might react to the end of the One Half. Whereas, I have no issues with, yeah, uh, especially a rom com yeah, as utterly that. ridiculous Norman. as this. Being Sometimes like, well, okay and things that. went I'm on just as they always so had case, because though, who the hell cares? Like <laughs> that's that's the literally the point of these. <laughs> over and
0: over and over again, it was just beating a dead horse. By the, the end of the first season, so I was, so I just couldn't stick with it for that long. I try, I tried, I so tried with this one. No, I watched the entire first season.
1: I, I, I was. <laughs> I. Th- so you're you're uh, obviously going. Out- Wait, does that mean you bailed out before the end of the? Okay. Okay, so you got the. I thought you were talking about the ending of the first season, and mm-hmm. I fucking love the ending of the first season. <laughs> uh, the school rumble uh, obviously. I feel like it really just has to be the kind of thing where you sync with that particular kind of humor. So I like to compare it to certain authors who I have. So one of my favorite authors, uh, sadly uh, passed away far too young, but uh, David Eddings, who wrote the, the Belgariad and other series, and you can easily accuse him of writing the same thing over and over again. Every time, like, his follow-up to the Belgaria the Malarayan was basically 2.0. He even plotted in the reason why things would feel as similar as they were. Then he wrote another uh, couple trilogies in another world. But you could you could almost, with one-for-one, one map certain characters onto certain other characters in the other thing. But it didn't matter. I simply enjoyed his particular brand of humor and sarcasm and writing. So more in my mind is perfectly fine. I just enjoy that kind of thing. So uh, there, for instance, I know a lot of people who will tap out of Arakawa under the bridge because it's just kind of wandering around being crazy the whole time or Excel saga or, or other stuff. So a lot of people will tap out or either get tired of or bored of if they don't sync with the humor in that way. And as much as I haven't watched all of School Rumble in ages, it it maintains something that I would probably describe as guffaw worthy, wherein I just, I know the stupid jokes are coming, I've forgotten the direction in which it will be stupid, and if it's Entertainingly, stupidly resolved at the end, it it elicits an actual, uh, you know, auditory guffaw from me. Whereas a lot of things try to be funny and and don't. They get smirks. They don't. They don't really provoke a lot. But Ronmo One half, I I love generally. I always have a shit-eating grin when I'm reading uh, that because I read it a lot more than I would watch it. But School Rumble is the kind of thing where I just enjoy what they're doing and i kind of don't care about anything else so uh the 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 fact that the ending of this like steers into the possibility that uh karasuma is an alien because he's been presented as that weird it is like okay fine i'll roll with that and it's like oh wait no that was that was the manga that uh, Harima was writing, and uh, here's here's a second fake ending. That one was a dream. Here, here's a third ending that you're not sure by the end if it actually was part of the ending. Or the they they can have their their fun. The the fact that Harima uh, picks up you know manga writing to express himself and his frustrating frustration with not being able to tell Tenba how he feels, he'll confess through this new passion for writing manga of literally him and Tenma. Uh, <laughs> only to find out that uh, a newcomer that he admires has been Karasuma at the office once he's uh, picked up there. I'm like, they're, they're just throwing kind of elements of uh, Bakuman in the center of it that are treated very seriously. And in here, of course, it's a gag. Uh, He runs away and joins a fishing crew, and then the captain, uh, uh, you know, you you figure the captain is going to accuse him of running away from his passion, which he'll eventually get around to, but you find out that uh, uh, the captain was like, oh, right here, what pen were you using? (laughs) And then he's like, "Uh, a G-pen, I guess. It's like... This character is bad. So he reveals himself to have been a manga author with a pen holder that's a giant to the spine, which uh, Harima then takes for his own. But uh, the the old fishing captain's manga was really boring. So they, they stack all of these utterly ridiculous gags on top of each other. And as long as you are fine with... The stacking of all of these utterly ridiculous gags. They'll have heartfelt moments here and there, but you know that everything is going to eventually squirrel its way around to square one again. So that everyone can mishear and misunderstand everything else, and, uh, prepare, and just I mean, just keep on rolling. That's all it's going no like to do. There is no pretense to it. If there was I've pretense enjoyed enjoyed to more, Excel saga, that's one I can understand I really being enjoyed. more frustrated with it. And if you don't enjoy two, the humor, I can understand getting bored. I combat butler, uh, despite the fact that they introduced
0: fifty billion new characters by the end. Yeah. So, I mean, there are series in the past where I've seen them and I know that it's shown in and it's not going to go anywhere that, you know, I've enjoyed them in the past. But this one, just, <laughs> wow, it, a lot. it started good. But like I said, by the middle of the first season, I was getting fairly bored by episode 21. I was actively bored. So, yeah.
1: Now amusingly you mentioned one that uh, is the reverse for me because Nizugoi is one of those things that I w- I knew what to expect going in and I was enjoying the ride but I actually enjoyed you know the the uh, uh the couple arcs leading up to the school play Romeo and Juliet and then where uh <clears throat> uh Chitoge's uh mother comes to visit and they have that Christmas thing and I'm like okay those were two nice progressions through arcs. I'm like, you have a, a third really good one that can go to a conclusion. And of course it never did. It just started plotting and introducing more characters and spinning out and out. And I'm like, okay, okay I'm, I'm now bored. So because I got enough direction from it, it actually made me just kind of lose interest in it. And it's a weird point to the advantage of School Rumble that I never got any feeling that there was ever going to be any progression <laughs> whatsoever. It was just gonna, uh, you know, do. It was just gonna play around in its sandbox. So uh, it's a weird compliment to uh, to pay a series, but again, that you know, it's it's like watching a particular meaningless sitcom for a uh, period of time as long as you enjoy their manner of humor the fact that it goes on for three seasons seven seasons ten seasons you're probably going to be fine with it in the end because you're not going there for a ton of character development and other stuff you're going there for bubblegum goofy shit humor that you particularly enjoy so uh one one thing that's weird to me about School Rumble, though, is I feel like it has an uncommonly larger uh, uh, popularity among the modern weeb audience uh, <laughs> and fondness than I would normally attribute to a series like that. But it seems like a lot of people watched it, and a lot of people really enjoyed it. Uh, to the degree that you can usually enjoy rom coms, so uh, no,
0: I don't think this. I'm, one I'm not
1: sure. I don't. E- I don't even remember if this hit Cartoon Network or anything else. That's that's my usual way of knowing why some people have it. Is like they were actually exposed on broadcast television to it. I don't remember that being the case. I don't know if I don't know if you know. So it's kind of a weird one to go in. There was a time frame where, for instance, Love Hina would have been in exactly this mode. And largely it was in exactly the same time frame. Uh, and Love Hina loomed very large, but I don't really hear people talking about Love Hina. Usually they talk about it to you know insult the hell out of it at this point. <laughs> rather rather than uh rather than speaking of it fondly but School Rumble yeah, seems I mean, to be something that everyone fair, just, you know, they, are, you know I, like I see a lot more people still talking about it, recommending and it, and uh, mentioning it than, than I would otherwise expect. I I'm not sure what the explanation the sitcom, for that is. I do
0: expect a certain level of development rather than spending 26 episodes basically, you know, playing in the sandbox and spinning their wheels. Um, so I think that's probably where I went wrong with this one. Who is best girl in this series? That is actually kind of tough.
1: Um, uh, so of course the uh, actually had the, the, uh, uh, the best girl main out of most important show, question I think I liked Who best. is best girl? Yes. Yeah.
0: To be fair, she
1: She's hmm. you're uh you're a big tsundere fan though so i can i i can uh i can see how her overriding tsundere ness <laughs> would uh would pierce through uh,
0: who by the way is also, also
1: of course that, that is um, that that is yui horie and you just spent the beginning part uh, <laughs> uh, complimenting uh, her singing and uh also naru from Hina. So, you
0: know. I re- yes, I do remember Durr.
1: that. I, Actually, I, it's I, the turtle.
0: I did giggle at that. that
1: was and what I was going to say best girl is obviously uh, Nakamura the butler. So, yeah, if I had so, to choose a best girl. Because uh, he was willing was Gary, to bury a corpse uh, for Aerie at the, the end. Interesting. They interesting. ran over Harima. His uh, answer was shovel. That makes him best did. girl.
0: She wasn't that much of a tsundere, though. I mean, she had her moments, but I wouldn't really classify her as, like... a
1: I don't know. She's a blonde twin tails man. There's there's a whole lot of soon that is baked into simply the design. Uh, she loses out a bit because she's not bouncing off a character. They they give her and Harima time here and there where you get to actually see it, but because she's not Tenma, because she's not even you know Yakumo or or another character who is being actively chased of course you you get a lot less of her in general same same thing with Mikoto and akira (laughs) they are secondary characters they get a decent amount of time but even like uh hanai gets uh gets more time than them and his entire shtick is just being uh utterly uh fascinated and and devoted to the perfect uh Younger sister Yakumo, <laughs> and thereby creating uh, you know confusion friction with with Harima. So uh, Yakumo's voice actress, by the way, is the one who I was referring to specifically. Uh, I don't know if you recognize uh, Mami Noto much. She's also one of the ones who's in a lot you know, more nowadays uh, who I recognize very quickly when she's speaking of her particular type. So for instance, she was uh, Elsa grainart from uh, ReZero, the uh, bloodbath killer. She was uh, Shere from uh, Akamega Kill. Uh, a, lot, a lot of uh, people were in Monster. She was Nina from Monster, but... Uh, in my mind, her her voice is most drilled into me because she was Benton from Eccentric Family. And just, she's got a particular... Uh, uh, I'm trying to see how to... Her, it, her voice just pierces sort of my reptile brain in a uh, sultry... Uh, uh, appealing fashion that uh, that makes me immediately sit up and take notice. But of course, Yakumo is as subdued as possible. So I, I certainly couldn't recognize her in that part. Uh, she was also a Sawako from Kimi ni Todoke, which I can... Tell, but again, that that part is not I'm her being, that up, you know, right kind now, of a a sultry sure badass or a. a uh, but, and if I uh, uh, anything, you know, it. Uh, occasionally killing a lot of people, sort. But I think she's Hell Girl too.
0: Yep, she was. I am.
1: Yeah, I, I thought you watched Kimi ni Todoke, and uh, certainly a Kamiga Kill. But uh, of course, there there's a certain uh-huh. duration you could have uh, you could have heard Shere's voice. <laughs> but uh, the funny thing, I think the most interesting voice actress I looked up was uh, Akira's. I think is probably best girl. Uh, if you're really going to pick one in the show, because she definitely, she does the straight man, uh, role in humor. A lot of the times, but she's got a, a piercing and somewhat cruel streak to her. Uh, she's definitely, definitely comes across as the smartest of all of these complete idiots. Uh, 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 and she's, uh, fun to watch when they're giving her stuff to do. Uh, at, right out of the gate, she, uh, her voice actress, Kaori Shimizu, was a couple very prominent roles from back in the day. She was Lane from Serial Experiments Lane, and her next role was as Boogie Pop from Boogie Pop Phantom. I'm like, th- those are two interesting roles to just join the voice acting circuit with. But after that, I couldn't see yeah, a whole lot of uh, you know prominent hear. stuff come up very uh, uh, and- following or certainly not lately I'm not sure how much more at the time back in the 90s but uh, yeah. lately not a, yeah, not a whole sorry. lot
0: sorry but, I should have uh, been more clear my mistake
1: were we swinging back to Mami Konoto or are you, Akari? okay. It's fine. I think she's still in a bunch lately. Isn't, isn't she? I seem to remember most years being at, you know, at least a half dozen roles. Maybe they're not terribly prominent. She was the narrator from cells at work. So you got to hear her describe all of the, uh, uh, the, you know, the, biological stuff going on. It was pretty entertaining. She's got a a when she's not in sultry badass mode, she's got a, a nice melodic, high pitched voice that still draws you in semi-hypnotically. Mm-hmm. She's she's one of my uh favorites. Sadly, Miyuki Sawashiro was not in either of these, so in in a way, both of these series fail because Miyuki Sawashiro is not in them, but uh, unfortunately, not everyone can have her. So, <laughs> also, in, I, I find the uh, director interesting, uh, Shinji Takamatsu. Um, there are a few things which make a whole lot of sense. Uh, I think he did the first hundred or so episodes of Gintama, and I'm like okay, if you're gonna, you know, direct all of School Rumble, Gintama seems like a, a perfectly, uh, cromulent fit. Uh, lately did, uh, cute high earth defense club stuff. They had a variety of those, (laughs) which makes sense in the screwball humor, uh, part. And, uh, also did Grand Blue, which, uh, Certainly a different kind of humor, but I can see pulling in someone like uh, Takamatsu for that. But way back in the day, uh, I would have known him from uh, at least half of Gundam Wing, because I think it was a shared directorial role, and Gundam X. And I'm like, okay, those are weird. (laughs) So again, it's like utterly, you know, as... A uh, mecca, a mecha show as you can get, and oh, am I still talking? Oh, sorry. Had hadn't tapped the screen, suddenly all my monitors went black, and I I thought something happened to my power. Anywho, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so an in an in interesting, varied, varied career, but it, it was amusing prior to all of that stuff, to see him prominently in, you know, Gundam and, and uh, what well, well delved into the mecha genre, and then sort of spin off into uh, rom-coms and so, action yeah, I mean, comedies uh, and, uh, so overall, and other goofy shit later. I
0: can't so, say that I'm gonna
1: go forward and watch this
0: season of this
1: As one, divergent, but so I feel, as Black Lagoon to, to, to My My Miracle. But, Entertaining uh I think that's less. on
0: me though. I don't think that the series failed at what it was trying to accomplish. I just don't think that it hit it resonated with me personally well enough. Uh but again, that's on me. Um So yeah, so overall school rumble, you know, it's I think maybe if it had done shorter seasons uh, I think 12 episodes would have been the perfect amount that right. for what it was trying to accomplish. 12 episodes would have been the perfect amount. And then maybe if it had taken a break and come back to it, you know, it might've worked a little better. One.
1: It it does feel like a yeah do a core and have a couple OVA's come back a few years later do a core, have a couple OVA's that that show fits that you know kind of thing or or even come back and do uh, bring it back as a uh, short because you're still largely dealing with two to three separate storylines yeah. per thing so, it, mean, it, it feels like a four coma it. so uh, that was how well the <laughs> series was doing then more power there's uh, power.
0: but to me
1: there's a you know a certain perfect logic perfect. to that so that you don't overstay your welcome but i guess it did well enough at the time that they uh, you know were allowed to do two more core and they did
0: Yeah, I can agree with that as well.
1: Or add direction, because that's the other thing you can do is actually uh, bring bring your stuff to a close in a way that, uh, you know, would would make the journey more meaningful. Uh-huh i don't recall how the whole thing ends i'll have to uh re-experience it i'm i'm back in the mood i'm not sure who i can share it with uh, you obviously for this but uh i I try to when i'm re-watching stuff i try to pull someone else into it and go through it with them i forget i think my friends and i the, the ones who i'm trying to get to watch black lagoon now i think that we uh Watched School Rumble together, but I don't recall how much. So they're they're the ones that I, I would have watched Love Hina yes, with and, do, and other stuff. So uh, there's there's I a certain amount of you know pointless rom com and ideas next uh, batshit action that uh, seem to appeal yet. to communal watching between us. So we'll see, we will see, but we have to decide what to do for next time. Okay. the The reason I picked the two, uh, by the way, in this case, I didn't have a specific one. It's not a terribly guessable one. Oh. If you recall, every other time when you've made a, okay. a suggestion, I have uh, there's been a reason that I picked the uh, the the options. In this case, it was simply because yeah, Welcome to the so. NHK and School, and Rumble, School Rumble were diver- yeah. very divergent shows from each other. So you'd have a choice that way. But they, they shared uh, a core with Black Lagoon. So I was just picking exact time frame. So uh, in this case, though, I think it was uh, second semester that uh, I shared. Okay. So, yes, they, they uh, of so some of it I just saw them. I, when I was looking up Black like, Lagoon so right, on a list, I was looking at everything else that was on the same list for you know 2006 shows, around. and I, uh, uh I picked one there. So, in this case, joining it
0: was me once second again. semester
1: that overlapped. Uh, and, so, but, technically, and now you have, semester, you have to watch second semester because you have to know what one was in the exact same time frame, right? There you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, probably not, but we're thanks for having it's me. one of those goals that we can hang up on our office
1: walls mm. and look at occasionally. right right back at you, as it were. I I have a feeling so, that right, I can ramble said, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap more efficiently and, we'll you
0: all and uh, at more length.
1: So yeah, you keep saying much, we yes. want to stick to an hour and I'm I'm not sure if we'll ever get there precisely. <laughs> See you, folks.